Welcome to No Challenges Remaining. I'm Ben Rothenberg. Two-part show for you on this day, one which the big story was Arena Sabalenka going down hard to Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova, beneficiary of an NCR bump. Pavlyuchenkova bageled Sabalenka in the third set as Sabalenka still awaits a Grand Slam result to match her immense talent and results elsewhere, which will come, but just not this tournament, unfortunately, for her. Two-part episode here. First, you're going to hear from another third-round winner today, and a press conference that turned into a sort of de facto NCR episode of sorts, as Courtney and I were the only ones asking questions in English. Serana Kirstea, who reached the fourth round of the French Open for the first time since way back in 2009, she beat Daria Kasatkina today. And the outro to this episode, incidentally, is a tribute to Romanian greatness that also happened in 2009. So here is a bit of Serana answering some questions from Courtney and myself. You've had such a, a great season on clay. What do you think has been the, the key to this, and how, is it, how has it felt, you know, racking up all these wins in this last few months? Yeah, it's uh, it's funny because uh, going into clay, I was not very happy. I felt I was uh, I was playing uh, quite good uh, towards the end of the hardcore season. So I was like, oh, you know, now when I'm getting the rhythm on hardcore, we have to switch on clay. Uh, but uh, it's been good, you know, like I uh, I haven't changed much. I haven't, uh, I went with the same mindset like on the hard court. Um, and um, I think uh, it uh, it took me a little bit by surprise this uh, uh, this uh, clay court season because I did not expect to to come out so strong first tournament uh, winning Istanbul, um, then uh, second tournament okay I I will not count Madrid because I got injured there but second tournament final and here uh, playing uh, quite well so uh, um, I'm definitely enjoying it I mean. Uh, Still, I would not say clay is my favorite surface, but I'm definitely enjoying it. You had good results on clay before. Though. I mean, you made this, you made the 12 years ago now, you made the, the second week also at the French Open. Um, did, did you, I mean, what does that mean to you to be back in this, in this second week of, of this tournament uh, again after so long? Uh, it's funny because I have a different mindset and I think in tennis you do have to have a different mindset, uh, meaning uh, having a short memory. Because um, if you if you think too much in the past or too much in the future, you know you will get frustrated. And um, if you ask me 12 years ago if I would still be playing today, I would definitely say no, you know. But uh, you you never know. I just go with the flow and I'm healthy. I'm, I'm enjoying myself. I think I'm playing at a very good level, probably um, one of the best I, uh, I've been. And I'm very mature. And um, I'm, uh, I'm taking it day by day, you know, like I'm... Uh, um, I'm not going too far ahead with my with my mind, and uh, I'm actually enjoying all this process. Definitely, I'm enjoying much more than I did 12 years ago, and uh, I think this this comes with uh, with maturity. What, what what has made you make your career so much longer, and is it than you expected? I guess, and is it easier? to have a long career when you see people like Federer or Serena who are still playing and they're 39 years old? Yeah, um, I think my uh, my style uh, of play it's it's quite uh, quite aggressive. I don't spend that that much long on court. I mean, 
probably I've played two matches in my life uh, above three hours. So I think uh, this uh, this style uh, uh, helped my body. You know, um, uh, I'm not, I don't feel uh, that I'm. Uh, um, I'm very tired or run down or uh, and then I think uh, I've been also quite lucky with uh, not getting big injuries of course I had my injuries during time but uh, I've had my injuries and uh, but nothing nothing major so um, I think uh, I um, now I'm, I'm very mature I'm doing all the right things and uh, like I said you know I don't count the the age in the passport uh, for me I feel much younger <laughs> actually body body wise mental wise I feel I'm 20 and something so uh, I, uh, I I don't think too much about this you know it's just a number and doesn't matter I I I put more uh, more energy into how I feel and uh, uh, to enjoy. Hey, Courtney. Hi, Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm sorry for what might seem like a very open-ended question, no. but I'm curious, you know, at, at this point for you, obviously you've had these years on tours, you've had your ups and downs and you're starting to get these, these great results, especially at the slams, you know, the biggest events. I'm curious, how do you contextualize your career? How would you kind of, if I, you, you were talking to a young Romanian player and they were asking like, you know, what was it like for you on tour? Um, and what was the, the, the hallmark of your career? What would you say to them? Um, I think the, probably the first advice or the first lesson I would say everyone has their own uh, their own rhythm and their own path and you can't compare yourself with anyone and um, at the beginning of my career I had uh, this a lot people comparing uh, comparing me to other people my age or uh, comparing me to uh, different uh, different players you know so um uh, i felt now looking back i feel that's absolutely useless you know comparing yourself with other people because everyone has their own path and their own timing and their own um, uh, own route in life you know and their own way so um and also what might work for you might not work for someone else so you have to find the things that work for yourself and also do not uh, look left and right but look left and right for uh, uh, for lessons for po uh, positive things do not look left and right to compare I think uh, this it's been it took me a long time to um, to understand this and not get frustrated you know because there were people my age or younger doing better and uh, you know it's uh, it plays a little bit with your head you know but uh, i think the moment when i realized that i'm playing for myself i uh, i have my own career i have my own path uh, my my own life you know um things started to change and uh, i found the joy of uh, playing i found the freedom of playing um, i found the the joy again in traveling, in uh, being in a hotel, in in um, in the small things, you know. And uh, for me, this is the biggest thing: do not compare yourself with anyone else's career. 
Serana. And then the next main body of this episode will be another edition of Prop Picks with Ricky Diamond, where Ricky and I try to recreate our nightly Paris tradition of Roland Garros as of old, of making predictions about on and off court things that happen in the next day's French Open, both straightforward and zany. So you can play along with us at home. And then if you want to weigh in with your own picks, we're going to make a Twitter mega poll of all 11 categories where you can go through and, and place your own sort of thoughts on where things are going to go. Here's Ricky and me. As I often am in the gold days when we used to be in Paris uh, by my by our buddy Ricky Diamond here. Ricky, good to see you. Sadly, we're not at the kebab place right now getting those little Ben and Jerry's hey. things. But uh, how you doing? How are you enjoying your, pent- yeah. your French Open via uh, Atlanta? Uh, yeah, well, thanks for having me on. Like you said, uh, disappointing not to be there, but hopefully 2022 we'll kick it back up and be there together and go to the kebab place late night and all that good stuff. But, uh, you know, we're doing the best we can and watching from home is not too bad of an alternative. No, you got the night matches too, which make it a little easier for U.S., you know, time windows. So, right. Yeah. It, yeah, it, exactly. it felt yeah. a little easier in a lot of ways than the fall French Open. I'm not entirely sure why, but it's felt a little bit. At least, it was only day six. I still have plenty of time to crash and burn later. But, but uh, it feels a lot more normal, at least. Yeah. Like, it feels like a real That's true. Yeah, the last French Trump, which is weird. But we are here yeah. to try to resume. As we did this from the 2021 Open last fall, two people may remember on NCR, one of our daily shows was Ricky and I uh, resuming our usual kebab place uh, routine, or usually our Ben and Jerry's. We bring home back home to the place we stay from the kebab place routine of going over the next day's matches and making some. Uh, some prop bets on some some result stuff and some sort of zanier stuff that may happen during the day. We are looking at the day seven order, so the Saturday order play, and for things that might happen here. And a couple things we're not really doing, but we like one of the one of the big traditions I was thinking as we we're starting this up. That we almost always used to predict is what press room someone will wind up in. That's a, that's a hallmark of our of our of our things. Like, is so and so big enough to make it to press room one, or will they relegate it to you know two or three? That's what kind of it's kind of the, it's kind of the offbeat stuff we predict. This is relatively onbeat, but we have a few you curveballs here to hopefully keep people uh, keep people entertained. And this is not sponsored by DraftKings, unlike everything else in tennis. Um, <laughs> nor do we necessarily promote any of that. But this is just this is all low stakes nonsense. Let's start with some nonsense, actually, Ricky. Let's do Nadal's match tomorrow first. Nadal is playing Cameron Nori. He's had a good clay season. Uh, made the Lyon final. Great, great, great yeah, in this sort yeah. of weird British clay renaissance that was happening with him and uh, Evans. Evans went out first <laughs> round. Cam Norrie still in the tournament in third round. We don't have much hope, I don't think, for Norrie making this match actually competitive against Nadal. But we are going to look at this match through a unique lens of the post-match press conferences. They are both <laughs> lefties, famously, and we want to know how many times that will be mentioned during a press conference. And any reference to them being left-handed, whether it's the word lefty, left-handed, southpaw whatever it may be what would what do you think how many times uh do you think this is going to be brought up during the press what, what is your thinking on this question Ooh, that's tough i mean i feel like they've both been around for so long like the luster of like being left-handed is kind of not there anymore i mean obviously lefty versus lefty is rare yeah. but it's also not going to be a factor in the outcome of the match either. Like Nori's left-handedness is not going to be a, a factor of like beating the doll. So it, it very well could be zero, right. but 
But if there is a question about it, then there's also going to be a response about it, in which case it would probably be over. And two. this is a rare prop for us in which we have both transcripts in play. Usually it's only about one transcript. We're taking both the Nadal transcript and the Nori transcript here. Right. And it could be zero. Yeah, it could both. be zero in both for sure. Yeah. And I should right. add that neither neither but of us also, are going to ask but, questions to influence the outcome of this, uh, this thing. Right. I, but yeah, if the same reporter, not one of us, is interested in the left-handedness, then that's gonna, then he's gonna ask both of them, and it's gonna go over like. Four I think or it five. even just ma- like it's about like how many, how much tactical stuff there is in the questions period. Like I feel like if Nori gets asked any sort of tactical question, like what is your plan? I, maybe I'm revealing too much of my yeah. thinking, but I feel like he could bring up, "I'm a lefty, he's a lefty," that'd be two right there. Right. So. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to take, I will take over 1.5 on this. Yeah. Over 1.5 mentions of left-handedness. I feel like that's pretty good. I feel like that's not like, I feel like that's relatively high. Right. But I mean, if it's under, it's going to be zero. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's, gonna be, I don't think it's going to be one. Unless, like you said, the question the question might not be directly related to left-handedness, and then Nori might say something like lefty. Yeah. Would you go over 2.5? I don't think so. <laughs> I want to make this work. We're going to make this work, I, but, I, but I, I'm going to say, you, you want to take under? I, I, yeah, I, I think it's going to be zero. Okay, that's, I think that's, I, that's zero it. is definitely the percentage play here. It's just a question. So I'll okay, take, yeah, so I'll take over 1.5. So, 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 uh, so I get under, I have under 1.5. Right, yeah. All, okay. right. All right. That's fair. All right. Next one to something a little bit more straight up. One of the closer matches Courtney and I talked about on our uh, sort of third round preview show. Straight up uh, result on Simo Mathieu. Third match, Maria Sakari versus Elisa Mertens. Battle of 14 seed versus 17 seed. Mertens 14, Sakari 17. Two very kind of sim- players I think of very similarly, honestly, in terms of their results and their, and their sort of potential. And I can take either side of this. I think you said you had a pick already. So I'm happy to sort of to, yeah. to, to follow your lead. Yeah, I'm going with I've been I've been on the Mertens bandwagon all year. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that. Unfortunately I was on the Cooter Matova bandwagon all year. That was a big surprise. I, I thought I thought she I, I had her in the semifinals. So that was yeah that was a that quarter that quarter uh, had a lot of pass that it did not take. But yeah I'm gonna I just feel like Mertens is more solid. Like I was looking at it is Sakari Sakari. It's fine. Uh, I was looking at her results and like she's like been breadsticks like a lot of times like she's had three setters where she's like you know taking a lot of six one sets hmm. also one some convincing sets but she seems to be more all over the place and mertens is just so solid so i'll go with mertens yeah i feel like mertens is the slightly more reliable player in in slams i mean she made a slam semi a couple years back in australia 2019 i think and then lost to wozniak the year he wozniaki won so that was 2018 actually uh so yeah so she's had a little more slam success and that's a fair pick i'll pick sakari I'm happy with either yeah. side of that to get the keep the ball rolling. Also, here. It, should, it should be noted that Mertens is Sue Shea's doubles partner this fortnight. So. That is a, that is a dream partner right there. Got to go, got to go with Mertens. After Sabalenka leaves the uh, doubles fold and Shritsova retires, those two found each other, so that's big. <laughs> Sabalenka, by the way, uh, was considered by a lot of people a big favorite to make out of the bottom half, and she got bageled in the third set today and hit 17 unforced errors in that bagel set. 17 yeah. errors in an in a bagel set is. That's that's crashing she's and burning. Never, that's, that's she's never reached the quarters of a slam, right? No, nope, never quarters. Only two fourth rounds. It's 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 just, it's a testament, I think, because you know, 
I obviously like I'm you know want to do spun it into a best of five argument out of nowhere for Savalenka tweets, but you know like it's a testament to how it really is different at the slams. Like you know you can say like oh the, the men's slams are special because they play best of five, but like the stakes of a slam are still real when like someone like a Savalenka in an extreme example really cannot perform the way she can on tour week in week out at the slams reliably. And she did have a good Australian Open. She lost in a tight, tight fourth round of Serena. That was not a bad result at all. But overall, yeah, it was uh, rough for her. All right. Let's do one alternating men's and women's here. How about uh, sets lost by Roger Federer? Roger Federer is the night match tomorrow. He's won both his matches in straight so far, I believe. Is that right? Yeah. No, he lost He lost, lost one set to Chill. One set to Chill, that's right. But then he plays Dominic Kupfer. In the uh, in the third round, Dominic Kupfer of the Billy Heiser stable uh, comes out with uh, Ryan Williams also working with him. I don't know if they still are. I think they probably still are. I think they are. Yeah. yeah. So Kupfer against Federer, first time meeting. It's a rare chance for Federer to play somebody he's never played before because he doesn't play that much. What do you make of this match? And do you think Roger Federer will lose more than 0.5 sets? Torn on this one. Um, but I feel like with two matches under his belt, he's going to get better and he's already been pretty good. And as down as Chilich is these days, I still feel like in a grand slam, he's a tougher opponent than Kepfer. I agree. So I'm going to, if I had to pick, I'd go with under, I think Fed's going to get it done straight. Okay. That's different than your pick earlier today from what I, from what you told me. Yeah, I know. But. Changing your mind. Okay, okay. <laughs> I will. I can take. I can see Cuffer getting a set. I mean, like, Federer is not gonna doesn't break tons compared to like Nadal or Djokovic. So, yeah. so if Cuffer gets a break, I think he can get a set. So I, I'll take Cuffer. I'll take Cuffer with the set. But that's yeah. that's. I, mean, that. I, I don't. I don't. Yeah. I, I, I can see that go both ways. That's totally fifty fifty. But I'll I'll put my eggs in the Fed basket instead of the Cuffer basket. Let's move to, of course, women's doubles briefly. The Pliskova have reunited Carolina and Christina Pliskova, both out of singles. So they get to focus on their doubles craft. I think they'd be a great Cinderella story. They run into, however, a tough team of Yelena Ostapenko and Monica Nicolescu, the 12 seeds, who you got, Ricky, in Pliskova versus Ostapenko Nicolescu. Uh, I'm going to go with Nicolescu and. Uh... I already forgot who's punch. Who <laughs> oh yeah. I usually have the sheet in front of you. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, no, no, but I, I usually pick Nicolescu regardless, just because her game is so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like how can you pick against that? Nicolescu, no, Nicolescu with any partner is a fair pick for sure. How can you pick against that? And forehand? that's a good, that's a good team. That's like pure, like power and Ostapenko versus like whatever the opposite of that is in, in Nicolescu. Right. Yeah, I'll take I'll take I, I, I'll take Pliskovas. I, I I can in my mind I like thinking that the Pliskovas are like motivated to have a run together because they're both out in singles and okay. maybe they're gonna want to hang around. But that could be completely wrong. They could just want to go home. Right. Well, yeah, that's what I was wondering. Like I I I have to admit I'm not up to speed on their results. So I, so I figured that they might be both. I figured they might want to both go home if they both lost in singles. So I don't yeah. know if they're of the motivation to do well in doubles it's one of those things it's one of those things where it happens to slams where like it kind of tilts towards double specialists like in these kind of third round matches because they're more motivated but, and that yeah. does and that does matter at slams so but it could, i mean it could, it could go either way in terms of motivation but yeah I'll, I'll go with nicolescu 
All right, let's do a straight up one here. Uh, the Italian battle, Marco Cecchinato, famously a 2018 French Open semi-finalist against Lorenzo Musetti, who I think was about five years old in 2018. Uh, who do you uh, who do you have in, uh, in this first match on court seven? I think this is a, a really good matchup, obviously on clay. Probably one of the underrated matches of the day, in my opinion. Uh, you know, for people who like mm-hmm. unseated guys on the outer courts uh, battling for four hours. So this is going to be a good one. I'm sure I'll tune in. Um, I just like Musetti's form right now. I mean, Czech is kind of – he's getting back into it but he's still not like 2018 semifinalist check. Right. So yeah, I, th- I think Musetti's going to outlast him. Musetti was so good against Goffin in the first round. That was like a pretty pretty lethal just like taking him apart. Pretty routine, right. been putting fairly routine straights for yeah. Musetti who again is barely but know, like, of I age. also don't think I also don't think that result's that surprising. No, I don't I mean I not mean, shocking like, either. The scoreline there was like a breadstick or a bagel to start. That was a little much. Right. right but yeah. other than that, yeah. I mean so you're taking Musetti. I'll say Cecchinato. Yeah, I can take Cecchinato. I mean, Cecchinato has the more slam experience, and I do think that, you know, this will all feel much newer to Musetti, like especially getting into a third round. Yeah. And maybe feeling this is a match he should win on some level against Cecchinato, mm-hmm. who hasn't been great. So I, I'm happy to take Cecchinato to get the difference here. It was also kind of interesting that Musetti absolutely annihilated Nishioka after losing to him in convincing fashion at a challenger one week earlier. Mm, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, fair. Uh, let's go to actually a similar match, I think, kind of. This other youngster who's in playing today, Carlos Alcaraz, against Jan Leonard Struff. Struff, who had the big upset of the first round, I think, or one of the two big upsets. The one I saw, well, I didn't see either coming, really. Of, of I'm thinking oh, this, think... or this or Andujar versus team, but... Right. Oh, I uh, think Struff. I mean, Andujar team got bigger headlines because it was on Chatrier, wasn't it? Yeah, or at least on yeah. on. This was on 14, I, I think, yeah. I was way more surprised than... Uh, I was way more surprised by Struff over Rublo. I agree with that. So what do you got? Struff versus uh, Carlos Alcaraz, who's the sort of the new, even like younger than Musetti pick for like who's, you know, coming up and doing things and being sort of right. like next Rafa because he's like the first Spanish guy getting tons of uh, hype, I guess, really in a while. I mean, in terms of the young guys, I remember, I guess like, I guess Carreño Busto got a little bit of hype when he had like his really good challenger win streak and was coming up, but nothing like, yeah. next Rafa levels and I guess Munar kind of got a little bit of talk but nothing right. not, again nothing like that so 80 ADF too but not along the lines of Alcaraz right yeah um ADF you saw is doing like animal rescue I'm sure you saw yeah yeah I tweeted you retweeted I me. did yeah. yes of course yeah. it's outstanding yeah. you have to love him for doing that yeah and for doing the underarm serve down break point at, <laughs> at, at six five in the fifth <laughs> it uh, Alejandro Davidovich Fokino, who we're talking about, beat Casper Ruud in five today. Yeah. Uh, all right, so who you got in uh, Alcaraz Struff? Another good match. Another one I have gone five. Struff is a little bit underrated on clay. Like, I think he got to the fourth round a couple years ago at the French. But I st- on this surface, I would still take Alcaraz. I mean, he doesn't have a ton of experience, but I think he has enough to get to the fourth round of a slam, especially against another unseated opponent. I'll go with Alcaraz in five. Yeah, I think for me, I think about this one really similarly to how I think about checking out a Mozzetti, honestly, like sort of like veteran who's like solid enough, but not spectacular against yeah. like young guy who will be better than this person someday. But are they yet? It's the question. Right. And yeah, I'll take I'll take Struff just to, to split us up here again. <laughs> I feel I, like we're probably going to split split these. Like, yeah, I which is, court, like, 
on one court talent's gonna win and on another court the veteran's gonna win yeah that's basically just seeing how it falls on a given day there all right we'll let's go to uh one more sort of another offbeat one this will be on the women's side now uh jimmy 48 the photographer we know him we love him JJ loves tennis. He loves tennis. We love him. He loves tennis on Twitter. JJ loves tennis on Twitter. Prolific poster of women's tennis photos and photographer WTA and stuff like that. Uh, How many posts will Jimmy have tomorrow on Twitter? Twitter tweets. Tweets is the unit of measurement here. How many tweets will Jimmy have that feature photos of Elena Svitolina? Elena Svitolina, who plays in the first match tomorrow on Chatrier against Barbara Krejcikova. How many tweets of Alina's with Alina Svitolina's face or personage yeah. on them will Jimmy have? Let's say over under one point five. Uh, and I will say Jimmy has not. We look. Jimmy has not tweeted a photo of Svitolina yet this tournament. Am I so? Am I free to take whatever I want here? Would you? We, we, you we, we'll talk through. We can, we can negotiate if need be. But yeah, let's 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 talk through it. I mean, I would go. I would go over one point five. Okay. And uh, would you go over two point five? Yeah, I think I would. Okay, I can take under. What? What is your? What is your? I'll okay. take under. What is so, your? What is your rationale for thinking this? And anybody, don't right. don't tell Jimmy about this, you guys. Don't tell Jimmy. Right, right. Don't tell Jimmy. So first of all, in the best match today, he went crazy. Like he posted seven tweets about Bedosa. Yeah, which was an ex- was, it was an excellent match though. Ex- excellent match that lasted almost three hours. Yeah, and ha- um, and had the tournament kind of do itself for a while. Because there are no other right. matches going on, yeah. Right, yeah. It was right yeah. before City Pass, isn't there? Yeah. So I think I, I've Krejcikova winning this match in three. Hmm. I think it's gonna be a good one. Um, I think it's gonna be a better match than Muhova Stevens, hmm. and it's all Chatrier. So Jimmy's probably gonna be spending a lot of time there, and I'm predicting it to be a good match. And as you said, he hasn't posted about Svitolina, so he needs to make up for it. So I think the combination of those factors will get it to three three maybe more smart thinking absolutely smart thinking and i think it's one of those also where if you think it's gonna be a long match that mitigates towards more photos too right you know more opportunity to take photos right and if steven's muhova turns out to be good then he's gonna go over there and take a lot of photos there so yeah contingent on that match too yeah we don't have any props for steven's muhova today but that that should be that could be a good match steven's has looked really good through two rounds yeah, I'm not sold. I'm not sold though. Not I mean, she has. She she has, but not enough to convince convince me. Yet. Fair, fair. All right, let's go. With someone who I think has been convincing, Iga Swiatek. Oh yeah, <laughs> who plays in the third match on Chatrier, has not been losing many games, but she plays a, a tough opponent by her recollections, because she's lost the last two times they played against Annette Kontavite, including the 2020 Australian Open. I think it was the last time they played. Swiatek has been really dominant at the French Open. She hasn't lost a set in her last nine matches at the French Open, but uh, Contivate, and hasn't come close to losing that many sets, but Contivate has been good against her. What do you make of this? We have the over-under set relatively low uh, for games lost by Annette Contivate. Sorry, uh, games, what, let's, games, let's say games won by Contivate. Let's rate it that way. At over-under 6.5. I think that's about the right odds. I was looking at the aforementioned DraftKings spread on that and it's something like it's something like 19 total games which is you know in yeah. the three six four six three kind of ballpark gosh i'm just i'm on the shui on tech bandwagon bandwagon like i just think she's on fire. everybody is i cannot remember the last time a non-serena player was this big a favorite to win an event in the first week right yeah she, 
Yeah, she again going back to DraftKings, she was like minus two fifty to like win the tournament, which yeah. is like a massive favorite, like or not sorry, plus two fifty, but yeah. like still yeah. a huge favorite a huge favorite compared to anyone else. Gosh, but yeah, she like you said, she's losing so few games. Like she had that one seven five set, but that was that was against her BFF. So yeah. like she was probably just kind of doing it. <laughs> she was probably giving a donation. <laughs> but uh Nicole. Yeah, I, I think she, I think she can keep it six three six three or something like that. So I'll take under. Yeah, I'll take over, but not by much. I think it's going to be like three and four, or maybe two yeah. and two and five or something. It's not going to be. I, yeah, Contabite does kind of well. Contabite crushed somebody yesterday. Yeah, she killed Mladenovic. Like yeah, two and zero oh, or zero oh and two or something like that. Okay, yeah. so Ricky's taking under six point five. All right, next one. Let's go another press conference one. Yannick Sinner is going to be coming to press after his match. We we think we're assuming he's winning for the crux of this question. Kind of have to against Michael Emer. Sinner would next play in the next round, probably Rafa Nadal, who's obviously a person who people like to talk about. And the question is, how much will Rafa get talked about in this press conference in the English transcript for Yannick Sinner? Over under four point five mentions of Nadal. To be clear, these are mentions that use his name. So Rafa, Rafael, Nadal. Rafael Nadal Pereira, if you want to use the whole thing, which I know Ricky is fond of doing, is the question is how many not later mentions of he, no pronouns, no pronouns or or yeah anything similar to that. What do you what do you make over under? We have mentions set at four point five because I think the story I, I agree I think setting this up is is coming out of the center match will be playing Nadal next. You right. played him, play him last year. You played him in Rome. What do you think? Four point five. And these are again in the questions or the uh, the answers. Gosh, I wanted to take over because I think it's going to be a fair amount. Just because Sinner is going to win pretty easily. Like, there's not going to be much else to talk about. Yeah, and and he's almost Nadal will still be on the court, but he's obviously still almost certain to play him. So it's going to be several. But there's also going to be a lot of he's after the initial mention and not like actually saying Rafa or Nadal. Basically, the question is if there's going to be multiple questions about it or just one question about it. Yeah, I guess so. I think I want the under, but I think it's going to be four. Would you take under 3.5? What if I'm going 3.5? I mean, I could go either way. I could go either way on 3.5. So I'll defer to you if it's 3.5. Yeah. Well, I just said it's going to be four, but now I think it's going to be three. <laughs> okay. Just... So do you want to take the under 3.5 if it's falling? Yeah. Yeah. I'll t- I, I feel like there's going to be one question and there's going to be like, and he's going to say Rafa twice in response. And I don't think there'll be another question. That's that's a, that's a, that's a... That's a veteran read. I mean, that's a veteran veteran play. We play these games uh, a lot. We'll I'll, see how that goes. But uh, I'll, I'll I'll take the under, but I don't feel great. I mean, also keep in mind with this: like, there's going to be the most interest in center tomorrow will be from the Italian press, and they won't be in English. Like everyone writing the story, I mean, like it'll be like Ubaldo, you know, who wants like the most yeah. on on Nadal. So that would not count towards this. So I think it can go either way. I think it's a fantastic line there, and uh, and we'll move on to our uh, two more. Both of which left are women, actually. Uh, both American, all American matches on women's sides. Sonia Kennan, who plays against Chessie Pagula. We have a pretty big disagreement on this match. I think Kennan's going to win. You think Pagula's going to win. We could just do it straight yeah. up, actually. We could edit to that. You want to do that? 
or do you want to? I have a more generous offer for you, actually, which is which is which is because you're taking the upset, and it's a decent size upset, you know, by seeds, even if Kennen hasn't been remarkable this year. But Kennen, I have Kennen not losing a set. I have so Pagula sets one under zero point five. I will take the under on that, and you'll yeah. and you'll take over. I'm guessing, right? Yeah, I'll take. I'll take over 0.5 sets. I deserve a generous spread after going down to 3.5 on the doll. That's fair. That's fair. What makes <laughs> yeah, what, what, what I, makes yeah, you think what, what, you're picking Pagula to win this match? Why do you why do you think that? I just think, I mean, she's been so good all year. Yeah. And like Kennan's one advantage is like Grand Slam experience, obviously getting to the French Open final. So like Clay is probably slightly advantageous to Kennan. Yeah. But like at the same time, I think just respective form overrides the surface. I just feel, I, I mean, I just, I like the way Pugula is playing this year, like just all around. So I feel better about going with her. Cool. All right. And then our last one is another straight up on Long Lawn, the other All-American women's match on Long Lawn, Coco Golf versus Jen Brady, which I think is a very tight match. Who you got here in this, in this pick which our last 11th and final pick. I hate betting against you on WTA because like, <laughs> you're just like so <laughs> I don't. I mean, yeah. I mean, this, this, these are tight matches. Honestly, like, I think this one, I think, is a coin flip. I really do. Yeah, uh, God, I love both of them too. I don't want either one of them to lose. Yeah, and whoever wins this match is a really good shot in the next round against uh, Magdalene or Anjabur. So, Dang, so high, high stakes match here. I could actually. I mean, I know they probably don't look ahead in draws, but that could be another reason why, I like Brady, just like it makes the match even bigger. I bet they know. I bet they know they're in the Barty section. I bet they have some awareness of that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they know, but like, I don't know how big of a factor that is. But I mean, it could be a slight factor in Brady's favor. Just I think she'll handle this kind of moment better. But yeah, I mean, I'll go with Brady, like Australian Open finalist. Coco's always good in the early rounds at slams i mean she's gotten to the fourth round multiple times but it's like even for her standards this is still like a huge moment uh, i feel like brady will just handle it better and i mean her forehand's so good yeah i'll, I'll, go, I'll go with brady yeah i'll pick i'll pick golf i think golf is good i think this will be a scrap and i think golf is a good scrapper i think she plays a lot of like long hard part matches and she's been good on clay i mean she won that parma title and so I think this is really tight, but I'm happy taking Coco in this uh, yeah. in this coin flip to settle it out. So Ricky takes Brady. Those are our 11 picks. We will post them all on Twitter with polls, and you guys can weigh in on each of them, on these binary polls of which ones you got. Ricky, nice. thank you very much for uh, for being on here. Any any highlight of your first week of the tournament as we wrap up? Um, I mean, I'm just happy Medvedev's doing well. Just That's like, been nice. It's been nice having him in the I'm, mix. I'm just so mad that, like, about the draw, about how the big three is on the same side, but like the fact that he's playing well and obviously Sitsi's playing well, that at least like is keeping the men's entire draw at least kind of interesting. Yeah. And honestly, uh, so, it'll, it'll pay off potentially in good matches. The, the you know optimistic way of looking at this is it will pay off in good matches in more rounds. Like if you get a Djokovic Federer quarter, if yeah. anything that's a good match, people might not think it's a good match at this point in their careers, but especially on clay for Federer, who knows, but. We haven't seen Djokovic Federer in a while, so that could be fun to see, you know. And like, they get a good quarter, and then you get a good semi in Djokovic Nadal, and then you get yeah. a, a a final, which is always a final, you know. And finals, whatever, it's gonna yeah. be Nadal, especially if he's there, always wins regardless. So who cares who he's beating? Yeah, yeah. you know. So anyway, I think there's and there, today, and Sitsi Medvedev is a good time. That's oh, always yeah, that's, that's always, always a good time. <laughs> that's always a good time. Yeah, but uh, I mean, today was pretty good. Like 
ADF and Rude was every bit as good as expected, even better than expected, actually. And Bedosa, Bedosa and uh, Bogdan was great. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's still, there's been a lot of, you know, top people losing, but plenty of entertainment. Outstanding. All right, Ricky Diamond, thank you very much. Follow him on Diamondator at on Twitter, and uh, we will see you sometime down the road, I'm sure. Yep, thank that, thanks much. for having me, Ben. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Thank you, Ricky, and thank you all for listening to another NCR Daily during this French Open, and thanks so much for your support now and always of the show. We've gotten a great amount of support for our Patreon during this French Open that we'd love to keep rolling, including three new backers since our last episode yesterday, Kristen Webb, Lorraine Cotamartori, and Anna. If you want to join them, please help consider us getting to 300 backers by episode 300 at our Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash no challenge this remaining. We have five different tiers of backing to suit your preferences, starting at $3. But if you want to go big and hear your name on every episode when we thank you, you can be a slam champ backer like folks including Susanna W., Sean Mulroy, Mary Carrillo, Leah Williams, Liz Kennel, Jonathan Weinbaum, Jean Simeon, James Hindle, Audrey Wellens, Antonio Maycumber, Anna Valinder, and Timothy Liu, and our GOAT backers, Mike, Nicole Copeland, Pam Shriver, and J.O.D. That's all, folks. Hope your weekend likes to party, likes to party like nobody. See you soon. Bye.